Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. Good Monday morning. We're going to do a couple on these. We may end up doing three. We'll find out. But we're going to start with a subsection of the pagan culture. Now, if you're thinking, oh, no, this doesn't apply to me, don't worry. You don't need to shut it off. And you don't need to run the kids out of the room either. We're going to be very, very delicate and appropriate when we talk. We know that some of you listen in the car as you're going hither and yon. Uh, and going, speaking as if we we're in Old England, that kind of makes sense here because we're going to talk today not about all of the pagan practices that are still out there or that have ever been. We're going to talk about a subgroup which has become by far the main river of thought in modern day witchcraft, and that's called Wicca, sometimes called the craft or the craft of the wise. And it purports to be the ancient knowledge that, you know, the lost knowledge that goes all the way back through, you know, the dark forest of Europe um, into the Carpathians, down into Egypt, you know, with the, uh, the priest and magicians of the pharaohs and so on and so forth. It also purports to be the true, uh, real religion that was displaced by Christianity and, of course, Muslims in other areas. Uh, and then... There are still folk magic systems uh, that are displaced by the, the Hindus or by Buddhists or the like, but Wicca is really a Western phenomena. Western Europe, it really doesn't hit Africa. Witchcraft does. What's the difference? Well, journey with me way, way back into the midst of time, back to right after World War II. Yeah, yeah only that far. The society in Britain was really in crisis. The class system had throttled so much productivity and it had caused so many deaths in World War II and in World War I because the upper classes got to buy their officer uh, emblems and without any real skill, you know, throw regular farmers and shopkeepers onto battlefields. And it was horrendous. Everybody knows the cost that the United States, is where I am right now, um, suffered and how many they lost. But you have no idea of how many people were lost in the, the grotesque injuries for which we had no antibiotics, we had no plastic surgery between World War I and up through World War II. It was awful. And while in America in the 50s, things were just kicking off. I mean, the economy was incredible. People were buying houses. They had things they had never dreamed of owning, like refrigerators and televisions. And it was really, really exciting. In Britain, rationing was still going on. You still had ration cards for how much you could get at the grocery. 
whether it's eggs or milk, and you also had ration cards for petrol, uh, for tires for your car, things like this. It was pretty rough. Well, when society is in the blender, shall we say, and somebody's hit the puree button, people try to hold on to something. And as one person said, if people don't believe in God, they'll believe in anything, eventually they will. And there were systems that had, had risen like this before, like theosophy, uh, which we might do one time, but that would just be as a historical interest thing because you're, you would have a hard time finding theosophists around anymore. But they were a big deal for a very long time, and the upper classes really got into it as well. But a man named Gardner, Gerald Gardner, in the 1950s, created the system of witchcraft that you find when you go into occult bookstores or if you were to go into a Barnes and Noble and, and, and go into the, uh, the occult or new age area, or if you go into Amazon and you get any of that and, and all these independent publishers, they all owe a, a tremendous debt or blame to Gerald Gardner. In 1954, he published the first books on what he claimed to be a refinding, and he had rediscovered, he'd pulled out of all of these different sources, all of these ancient sources, this form of true common people's religion, Wicca, which is not pronounced Wicca in Old English, but let us not quibble. Uh, it, is, it is amazing. Um, this is being recorded right before Halloween, and you will see it far after Halloween. And it always, it doesn't make me upset or anything, but I'll hear people talk about, you know, the ancient time of Samhain, because they've heard a Greek or the Gaelic word now, and they're very, very excited. Almost all of this was pulled out of the imagination of Gerald Gardner with a few sources that were not source material, but claimed to be quoting source material. It is a fantasy made up of the imagination of people who are strange. That's really the best way I can do it. In fact, he grabbed bits of occultist Western esotericism, the idea of, ooh, there's special secret knowledge out there that only the adepts can get. Where did we hear this before? The Gnostics. The Gnostics did the same thing. Paul had to wrestle with proto-Gnosticism, even though a lot of people say it didn't really get kicked off by then. Oh, yeah, there, were, there were parts of it that had. For example, the goddess idea and that men were inferior and that we had to worship this sacred sex goddess. That kind of thing was already working its way in. Read the book of Corinth, uh, 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians. You'll, you'll, you'll see shades of it. And you'll see shades of it, I believe, in first, second, and third John, if you look for them, you're going to find this was already on the march back then. And even back then, it was claiming to have knowledge, but no proof that you had knowledge. That's the thing. There's no historical background for Wicca that we can go to and say, here is the lineage. Now, I'm fully aware that some Christians try this as well. For example, the apostolic succession, which is taught in the Roman Catholic Church, the Eastern Orthodox Church, a different version and different versions by other groups. 
And let me just underline here, we love our Catholic brothers and sisters. We, uh, we have no interest in insulting them in any way. No, uh, at all, period. They're, they're our brothers and sisters. That said, we don't always have to buy what they claim is history in apostolic succession. In other words, that, uh, for example, the Pope. And anybody the Pope uh, who becomes a priest, uh, who becomes a bishop, cardinal, whatever, under this Pope, uh, there's an unbroken line all the way back to the apostles doing this sort of thing. Well, there isn't. Uh, but again, understanding that doesn't mean then that we throw away Christianity because Christianity does have history, archaeology. It does have fulfilled prophecy. And sure, there have been myths propagated and we wrestle about what to do with some scriptures. But there are, there's just a whole lot of solid material backing up what we talk about. You move over to Wicca, nothing. The imaginations of Gerald Gardner and his self-styled high priestess, Doreen Valiente. What a great name. That's a you know, Valiente, Doreen Valiente. They published a lot of books and they created the structure, this core set of practices and core philosophies and called people to this because the church had failed Breton. Uh, there's just no question. The church had allied itself to the upper classes and become really the toady of the upper classes. The church had allied itself to the war machine. The church allied itself against labor and uh, the common people. And they were just basically told to take it and heaven will be waiting for them later on. And no wonder that atheism is by far the most common theological inclination of the people in Breton today. In fact, the Scots uh, recently in a, um, in a very well done poll, it was more than 70% said they didn't think there was a God. England's a bit worse actually. And in fact, as, uh, as I've read from several books here in the last few months, in Britain to be a Christian is to be a suspect because if you're so weird about that, what else are you weird about? Now that's the milieu into which Gardner and Valiente come and they supply a different religion. It has nothing to do with Christ. It has nothing to do with God our Father. It has nothing to do with the Bible. It doesn't believe in Satan, doesn't believe in hell, and it doesn't believe that only certain people have, have power. Although Gardner and his high priestess, Doreen, had, you know, they were really special because it's really neat when you can create a religion because you will find a way to make yourself very, very special to that religion. And they did that. Uh, this is, I mean, how many other religions do we have to point to that uh, people make it and, hey, by the way, I'm the prophet of it. Ooh, that was handy. This goes on immediately, by the way, this split into many, many denominations, which Wiccans like to call traditions, but they don't like each other. Um, and they're, you know, they're competing priestesses and competing books being shoved out about, no, this is the way to do a love thing. This is a way to worship in the trees, and this is the kind of trees you should pick. I'm not making this up. I've been reading this stuff for probably 40 years, um, and it is still without any basis in reality. It is rather like astrology, not astronomy, which is a real science, but astrology, which is somebody spinning the, the wheel of fortune and then writing it randomly in newspapers 
and every single test, test we have ever put astrology to, it has failed. Every single one. Not one has it ever been any better than chance. Usually it's worse than chance. And you got to try to be worse than chance. So there you are. But immediately it split. Um, Wiccans, who do they worship? Well, uh, some worship a horned god. Some worship the green man, which was an ancient pagan concept more than an individual, but you will find the green man uh, carved into European um, churches even. Uh, and it's usually a hairy guy and usually blowing one or two flutes at the same time. And it's this kind of wild primeval concept of the ancient times. I've seen them carved surreptitiously into, into churches. In other words, the, uh, the Christians came in and said, we want you to build, you, build a church, all glory to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the people that build it snuck in a couple of green men in there or a horned god in there. And people didn't notice it until much later. And if you've ever been to Europe on a tour of the churches, you've probably had one or two of these pointed out to you. This is not the same as gargoyles. Gargoyles were considered to be beasties under control of God that would protect his church by scaring off the demons as they went around. So they're not real either. Um, but moving on, uh, some... Uh, almost all of um, almost all the Wiccans really believe in a high goddess, and they think of the goddess, and they'll, they'll talk about Mother Earth, and uh, our mother and our goddess, and it it is an Earth-based religion, but it takes so many different forms. It's try like trying to nail Jello to the wall. Um, most of them believe in two gods, but uh, a male and a female, but they may not be real. They may actually be, to a Wiccan, um, representations of all the gods, including us, because God is in us and we are pantheistic. Um, you will find polytheism, pantheism, monism. You will find uh, goddess monotheism. I've never found a Wiccan who had a god monotheist. In other words, who believed there was one god and it was male. It's always female if there's one. If there are two, you might have a, god, a male. In fact, they usually have a male if there are two. Some, uh, some Wiccans are actually atheist. They don't believe in any gods at all. What they believe in are some form of Jungian archetypes. Now, this will throw a lot of you. Carl Jung, and Jung is spelled J-U-N-G, um, was a contemporary of Freud, and he developed a whole different psychotherapy based upon archetypes. These ancient memories and uh, types and symbols and metaphors that are in our brain genetically, that we inherited from our forefathers and their forefathers all the way back to the time where we were crawling out of caves or something. And therefore these, these archetypes are what uh, change our behavior, make our decisions and the like, and we have to realize we're being influenced by these. So in other words, some Wiccans don't believe in anything except a different form of psychology that's based upon myth. And, and Jung would say, these are myths. These are not real things, but these are things that we have um, been told. And these are things that we have been, um, you know, it has ingrained itself so deeply into our psyche that we can't get rid of it. Wiccans, again, deny Satan. They deny hell. And most of them will even deny that what they're doing is a religion. 
But here's the thing. There is zero evidence it was ever called Wicca or the craft, or at least of all the, the craft of the wise. There were always people who did folk magic and who called themselves shaman or um, witches. Normally somebody else called you a witch and then you got in trouble. By the way, that's a real problem in Africa today, in modern Africa. In villages, people will call somebody a witch and there's not anything they can do about it. They're going to get killed, beaten, burned, robbed, thrown out of the village. It's, it's horrific. So we're going to talk about witchcraft too. Uh, we're going to talk about where that concept is. Because while um, Gardner and Valiente made this stuff up, there were folk magic traditions that people called witches, and the Bible actually refers to witches, and, and does so in a way which seems very troubling to people's ears in 2023. So we're going to talk about that next week. But as for now, remember Wicca and modern witchcraft is like theosophy and other religions of that time made up out of the imaginations of strange people. All right, we'll see you next time. Thank you for those who send in funds and allow us to eat and keep these things going and make a house payment. I mean, that's huge. It is absolutely huge. We are ever so grateful. Please share this. And if you have any questions, fire them off to me at patrick at oursafeharbor.com. Cheers.